co-defensive coordinators. Could it work in New Orleans and where we've seen it before very recently? And should the New Orleans Saints draft a quarterback in the first round of this year's NFL draft? We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Locked on Saints, of course, continues to be on the road here over the course of the offseason. So if you're watching on YouTube, yes, I am in a new place yet again. But I'm very glad to be able to be here with all of you. It's one of the things I love about the Locked on Podcast Network is that no matter where I am, you are Two. And we're always going to be talking about the biggest stories around the New Orleans Saints. The biggest story today is the report about the New Orleans Saints potentially moving forward with that co-defensive coordinator idea that Nick Underhill kind of let everybody in on, what, about a week and a half ago? I mean, the guy's always way ahead of news. But Jeremy Fowler talked about it, Chris Richard, Ryan Nielsen, and the potential of the New Orleans Saints going to co-defensive coordinator. Nothing official at this time, but if they were to do that, you're already going to start to see some outside candidates that the New Orleans Saints interviewed, such as Aubrey Pleasant, for instance, being sort of let know, hey, it's not you, it's us. We're moving forward to a different direction. Uh, So if that's the case, then that would mean that it would be Chris Richard, who's currently the Saints secondary defensive backs coach, as well as Ryan Nielsen, who's currently the Saints defensive line, as well as assistant head coach that would be taking on the co-defensive coordinator responsibilities. Is this a good idea? That is the big question. So Let's talk about it. Let's start with what could go wrong here. And I know I've talked a little bit about this already uh, earlier in the week or, or, or rather late last week, but let's talk about it, right? Because this could be something that goes not so great for the New Orleans Saints. And, and coming up in a little bit, we'll talk about where we've seen it in the recent past in the NFL, because you don't really see this very often in the NFL, the idea of co-coordinators. We saw co-offensive coordinators in Miami. We've seen co-defensive coordinators a couple of times in the NFL. We see it a ton in college, right? In college, you see co-defensive coordinators all the time. Uh, Purdue, Ole Miss, uh, there was, I think I think Notre Dame did it for a little while. Uh, Minnesota did it for a bit. There's a ton of different examples of co-defensive coordinators in college. You just don't see it very often in the NFL. And I don't know if there's a reason for that. I mean, usually as you move up the chain in any type of job, you have one person that does one job, right? Things just become a little bit more established as you move up change, as you get higher and higher within any type of career path in the NFL and football being no exception there. So why go with, or what's the concern around co-defensive coordinators for the New Orleans Saints? And I think that one of the biggest concerns that I have uh, personally is that when we talk about co-defensive coordinators for the New Orleans Saints, we're not just talking about two people splitting one job. We're kind of talking about three people splitting one job, right? Ryan Nielsen, Chris Richard, but then also Dennis Allen, who's a defensive head coach and who has expressed his desire to call defensive plays going into 2022. So really you're splitting the defensive coordinator position amongst three different people. Now there's a way to do it and we'll talk about that in a second, but What can go wrong here is communication, right? Verbiage, lingo, language. You have to be in unison across every single detail 
so that you're installing, so that you're game planning, so that you're teaching, so that you're developing with the same language, with the same goals, with the same vision. Now you have to do that as a position coach anyway. And Chris Richard, of course, was the Saints position coach in the secondary last year. Dennis Allen has, excuse me, Ryan Nielsen has been the defensive line coach since 2017. So with that, they've already sort of learned what it is that this defense wants to do, but are there gonna be changes under Dennis Allen, being a head coach now and being able to have a little bit more decision-making sway than he had as a defensive coordinator, of course, and and how do those changes end up being communicated effectively and making sure that all of that everybody is on the same page? So it will take a lot of close knit, tight knit work. Now, thankfully, the New Orleans Saints have a fantastic coaching staff. They have a great culture. They have one that rests in the terms of continuity, cohesion, transparency, not with media, but transparency, all of that, right? Not the same thing. Transparency outside of the facility versus transparency inside the facility, two different things, right? So when we talk about what it is that the Saints are very good at, some of it really lends itself towards this idea that, hey, maybe co-defensive coordinator and a defensive play calling head coach could work in New Orleans. But there's a lot of sort of, let's just say pitfalls that have a lot of potential. Here's where the Saints have another sort of layer of support. Malcolm Jenkins, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, right? You have veteran coach-like players at all three levels of your defense going into 2022. I think that that's important, right? Because they'll be able to be, they'll be able to comfortably have conversations with the coaching staff about what's working, what's not working, what's incoherent versus what's coherent. What are the young guys struggling with? What are the veterans struggling with? What are the players struggling with? They'll be able to effectively have that communication as the Saints continue to support sort of this symbiotic relationship between coach and player, right? So I think that that becomes a big piece of it. I also think that if Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen get elevated up to a co-defensive coordinator, that while all of this stuff is happening and things are being split up, that it would be valuable and helpful for them to maintain their position group responsibilities as well. Chris Richard with the secondary, as well as, of course, uh, Ryan Nielsen with the defensive line. And, you know, to an extent, right, with the front seven, right, what he'll be able to do. Why is that important? Because the way that this works, right, talking about all the things that concern me about it and everything, okay, you get it. But here's why this could work, or here's how this can work. Even if Dennis Allen is calling the plays, which I think is helpful, somebody asked on Twitter, it was a great question, about what if Chris Richard wants to call one play and Ryan Nielsen wants to call a different play, what happens? Well, leaving Dennis Allen out of that equation, that wouldn't be the case because you would designate one of them specifically as the play caller. With Dennis Allen as the play caller in the equation, obviously then that won't happen because Dennis Allen calls the plays, those guys don't. Simple. What you can do though, is elevate them in terms of game plan building, right? How it is that they operate throughout the week becomes just as important as how they operate on game day. I think a lot of this conversation is centering around the, op- the, the optics around game day responsibilities. Well, who's calling the plays? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Maybe that's not really what this is. Maybe the game day responsibilities come down to Dennis Allen in terms of play calling and things like that. And then these guys continue to operate in a role that's a little bit more like what they would operate in anyway. Maybe one goes up to the booth so that they can see things from a different angle, all of that. But what becomes more important than anything that gets executed on game day is the prep week, right? Practice week. And that is where you can get both of these guys really involved, elevate their status, elevate their responsibility into that co-defensive coordinator position. and clearly define their responsibilities. In college, we see this all the time. It's creeping into the NFL. And in fact, actually, I don't even want to say it's creeping into the NFL. We've seen it in the NFL as well. Passing game coordinator, run game coordinator. You give each one of them responsibilities to prepare for the next opponent's passing game and the next opponent's run game and split those responsibilities up. 
you let Chris Richard install a game plan in terms of, hey, here is how we're going to counteract what the upcoming opponent, the Atlanta Falcons, let's say, do in the passing game. While Ryan Nielsen says, here's what we're going to install throughout our game plan and build, here's what we're going to build our game plan around in game planning against what the Atlanta Falcons like to do in their run game. And then you clearly define those responsibilities so that there's no stepping on toes. Certainly there will be things that will overlap, right? There will be things that will they'll, they'll work together on all of that. But you're able to develop then the way, the, the way that each one of these guys works with the entire defense as opposed to just their position groups like we have seen in the past. That is a nice way to really clearly define everything and then give the play calling responsibilities over to Dennis Allen. You have these two guys prepare everybody on the defense over the course of the week. Dennis Allen maintains sort of the overarching look at everything, offense and defense, while Pete Carmichael takes care of the offense. And then that gives you the opportunity then to be able to clearly define roles and be able to do this to the highest level of efficiency because we've seen it recently in the NFL and it did not operate to the highest level of efficiency. Let's talk about that because they had a fantastic defensive game plan available to them, but were not able to capitalize with the co-defensive coordinator structure and one that looks an awful lot like what the New Orleans Saints would go into if this is truly the route that they go. Let's talk about that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On. Saints. As the New Orleans Saints turn the page to their next chapter and next era in New Orleans post Debris, post Sean Payton, one of the big questions is who's going to be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And you can find some odds on who that quarterback might be over with our friends over at betonline.net, who have everything that you need when it comes to odds, lines, props, player performance props, everything that you're looking for, you can find over at betonline.net, the number one place to go for all of your betting needs. You want to take a look at where Russell Wilson might end up next season? There's odds on that. You want to see after the Instagram post from Aaron Rodgers where Aaron Rodgers might end up next season? There are odds and lines for that as well. So go and check them out. And even, hey, with football season being over, there's still a ton of football content, but there's also a lot of basketball content, college and pros, of course. Plus, you've got hockey, you've got MMA, boxing, UFC, so much for you to take a look at over with our friends over at betonline.net, who are, of course, our official gambling partners here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So go and check them out over at betonline.net where you can get all the news analysis and podcasts that you need to make sure that you are placing your best bets. Check them out, betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, Houdet Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to check out Locked on NFL, everything you need across the biggest stories. Your local experts got you covered over at Locked on NFL, across all the national stories. You can find it on your favorite podcast provider and, of course, on YouTube as well with a ton of content over on that Locked on NFL YouTube page, which will include our live three-day draft coverage, by the way. Make sure you, you lock that one away because we'll be coming back to that over the course of the offseason. Now, uh, right now, though, what the New Orleans Saints are considering as a part of their offseason is whether or not they should move ahead with co-defensive coordinators, uh, Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard, for the, the 2020 season. And if that's the case, have we seen this in the NFL before? And how has it worked out? Well, it wasn't great. Um, so let's take a look at where we've seen it before. 2020, 2021, we saw it with the Minnesota Vikings. They had uh, defensive line coach Andre Patterson, who you all know I liked a ton or like a ton. He's now with the New York Giants. I kind of hoped that if the Saints were going to elevate Ryan Nielsen, 
to defensive coordinator, then Andre Patterson would be a great defensive line coach to hire away, but he now took that job uh, in New York. And the other uh, coach that split the co-defensive coordinator position in Dallas, excuse me, in Dallas, in Minnesota was Adam Zimmer, the son of, of course, Mike Zimmer. Adam Zimmer, you remember, was a, on the defensive coaching staff for the New Orleans Saints when they won the Super Bowl back in 2009. He was their linebacker coach, but then also elevated to co-defensive coordinator. So Andre Patterson, Adam Zimmer, co-defensive coordinators in Minnesota, 2020-2021, with Mike Zimmer calling the defensive plays. Okay, so here is the structure that the New Orleans Saints are looking at right now. And we have something that we can look at and say, okay, how did this work? Now, a couple of things to remember. Causation correlation, very different, right? Just because things didn't go great for Minnesota in 2020 and 2021 when it comes down to their defense, it's not necessarily connected to their decision to go with co-defensive coordinators. They dealt with a lot of injuries. They dealt with a lot of stuff in Minnesota altogether. So just to keep that in mind. But if we're looking at this as a stark contrast, there is one. Let's go back to 2019 to get this comparison started. At that time, the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings was George Edwards, who was actually with them for quite a while. Uh, 2019, they finished fifth in points allowed, 14th in yards allowed. That's total. They were very good uh, in a couple of different areas in the passing game. Uh, they were third in takeaways, third in interceptions there. Uh, they were 13th in terms of touchdowns allowed, 15th in terms of yardage allowed. So right in the middle there. Uh, and then in the run game, just outside of the top 10, 11th in attempts uh, against, 13th in yards against, but third in touchdowns against. So they were really, really good there in terms of limiting scoring in the run game. Now, as we move ahead to 2020, there's a game there that you will remember. December 5th, 2020, Alvin Kamara runs for Six touchdowns, the New Orleans Saints rack up 583 total yards, 264 of which on the ground. That basically tells you the story of what the Minnesota Vikings defense was like toward the end of the season, but they dealt with a ton of injuries, of course, throughout that year. Uh, the Saints basically played against a second, third string defense in that game, and Alvin Kamara was absolutely able to eat off of it and well-deserved, uh, by the way. But when it comes down to it, you saw a, uh, in terms of the total season, 29th ranked League defense when it comes to points allowed, 27th in yardage allowed. When it comes to the passing game, 25th in yards allowed, 23rd in touchdowns allowed. Not great, Bob. 27th in yards allowed, 24th in touchdowns allowed on the ground. Not great, Minnesota. So that's that was their first year with the co-defensive coordinator structure in addition to Mike Zimmer as a defensive play caller. Once again, that was Andre Patterson and Adam Zimmer. Did it get better in 2021? Well, no, not really. Um, <laughs> when you look at the 2021 season for the Minnesota Vikings defense, 24th in points allowed, that is total points allowed. That's an improvement. But 30th in yardage allowed in that one, uh, 6,522 total yards allowed, 5.7 yards per play in 2021. And a lot of that came in the passing game where they were 28th in yards allowed over 4,000 and uh, 22nd in scoring there against the passing game. Uh, they were 14th against the run in that one in terms of scoring, but 26th in rushing yards allowed with 2,222, which by the way, happy February 2nd, 2022 on a Tuesday. Uh, so not great there either. So what this goes to show you is that when the last time we have seen this co-defensive coordinator situation in the NFL, it didn't work out great. And again, there's a lot of different pieces to it. The Minnesota Vikings dealt with a ton of injuries. Minnesota Vikings sort of front office was kind of in shambles. Their general manager was having some troubles, all this other stuff. There was a lot going on. But when you look at like 
EPA and things like that, and you look at the way that this team struggled on the defensive side, it doesn't give you the greatest confidence that co-defensive coordinator could work. Now, can we agree that the Minnesota Vikings team culture is different than the New Orleans Saints team culture? Yes. Can we agree that the New Orleans Saints defense has more talent defensive personnel-wise than the Minnesota Vikings defense? Yes, I think that we can, particularly in the at the cornerback spot, right? In the secondary and coverage, all of that, which is where you can see the Minnesota Vikings struggled quite a bit. The thing for me is that you had Mike Zimmer calling his defensive plays. And Mike Zimmer is a brilliant defensive mind, and you weren't able to capitalize on that with your co-defensive coordinators. So New Orleans is going to have to do something different, obviously, than what Minnesota did. They're going to sort of have to look at all of this. And I think they should evaluate what Minnesota did in 2020, 2021. And I'm sure that they are in terms of being able to look at that and say, okay, how do we avoid being that? How do we avoid that? You know, how do we keep that from happening? And I think that becomes a really, really big piece to the potential success of the potential of moving forward with co-defensive coordinators for the New Orleans Saints. So not great. We've seen it in the NFL here as of late. Worked a little bit better in Denver when it was like Vic Fangio and all this other stuff, but not great uh, when it came to Minnesota. Can the New Orleans Saints buck the trend, trend, I guess you can say, but can New Orleans Saints buck the expectation, let's say it that way, with maybe clear, more clearly defined division of labor, maybe more clearly defined communication, better leadership, uh, better personnel? I mean, it, it's good that the Saints will have all of that because, again, correlation, not the same as causation, right? So we can't look at the, new, uh, at the Minnesota Vikings and say, hey, they struggled. Therefore, the Saints too will struggle here, but it's a cautionary tale. I think that's the best way to put it. It's a cautionary tale. So we'll see how the New Orleans Saints end up making all of this work if this is indeed the route that they go. One last note, uh, I mentioned that the I think it would be a good idea for Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen to maintain their position coaching responsibilities if they take on the co-defensive coordinator thing. I do think that that's true. That's also what happened in Minnesota. Andre Patterson continued working with the defensive line, one of the best defensive line coaches in the NFL. And then Adam Zimmer continued to work with the linebackers there. So with that, I, I think that that works out really well and could be something that the Saints continue to model. But I think that the assistant head coach responsibility should go away from Ryan Nielsen at that point. Maybe that's a good title for special teams coordinator, Darren Rizzi. Just just a thought on top of all of that. Okay, next up, we're going to take a look at whether or not the New Orleans Saints should draft a quarterback in the first round. We've got this co-defensive coordinator situation that's bubbling. You've got your offensive coordinator set. Now that's the next big question, right? Will the New Orleans Saints draft a quarterback? What are they going to do at quarterback? We'll take a look at it and we'll explore the first round possibilities for the New Orleans Saints as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, Get to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com, the best, fastest, easiest place for you to get everything that you need for your vehicle, whether you're looking for car parts, whether you're looking for body parts, whether you're looking for accessories, whether you're looking for just the blade on your windshield wiper. Yeah, you can just buy and replace the blade. Thanks to Luke Braun, Locked on Vikings for that one, because that one saved me a ton of money instead of having to rebuy all the wiper blades and all this stuff. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, It doesn't matter what make, model, year, whatever it is that you drive, they've got you covered over at rockauto.com. You just punch in all that information and then they'll show you everything that you're looking for. And you're going to pay 30, 50, sometimes 70% of the price that you're going to end up paying at, you know, or less than what you pay at the brick and mortar stores, right? The chain stores and stuff like that. And you don't have to deal with, you know, third party, this, that, and the other. You don't have to deal with being charged more than the wholesale guys. Everybody pays the same price over at rockauto.com. Been doing this for 20 years, over 20 years online, family business. Go and check them out. Don't forget to let them know, though, that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. It's amazing. 
selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's get it, Houdet Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at the first round of the NFL draft. Should the New Orleans Saints draft a quarterback at pick, let's just say pick 18, right? Or trade up for a quarterback, whatever it might be. Um, No, (laughs) that's my short answer. Let's go into the long answer now. Let me tell you why I think that's the case. The one thing that might give me pause is if the New Orleans Saints get to 18 and Malik Willis is still on the board. Liberty quarterback, who's absolutely outstanding. Uh, fantastic ball velocity, big arm, great at hitting that cover two hole shot, which has played a lot in the NFC South. Um, great with big targets, really, really uh, it has the ability to extend plays, but is a pocket passer first, which I think the New Orleans Saints really like. A- at least that's what the New Orleans Saints really liked with Sean Payton was at the helm, right? So we'll have to see exactly how that evolves moving into the Dennis Allen era, moving into Pete Carmichael having control of the offense or offensive play calling all of that. But I just, I, I don't think this is the class to reach for a quarterback in the first round. I think that there are first round, there is a first round talent when it comes to the quarterbacks in this class. And for me, that's Malik Willis. There are others that are being bolstered by positional value. Um, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, so on and so forth. And some people might argue that those are first round talents. Sure, sure, sure. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But for me, Malik Willis is really the only first round talent for me in this draft that I really like. Everybody else is a second round grade, which would put them toward the back half of the first round for me, right? Remember, there's only maybe 15 to 20 first round graded players in every draft. And then after 20 to 32, you're really drafting guys with second round grades, right? It's, it's, it's different, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to be drafted in the second round. Positional value, uh, uh, placement of selection, what runs happen in other positions, all these things of course, end up factoring into what the NFL draft looks like. So when you look at guys like Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, um, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, so on and so forth, really the only one that I would feel comfortable with in the first round in the first 20 picks with a first round grade would be Malik Willis. Now, if you trade back or you trade back into the first round, for instance, and you grab a guy like Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter because you want the fifth year option, I get it. I completely get it. That completely makes sense to me. Especially if you're in love with that prospect and that is your guy as a team. But for the Saints, I think that rebuilding the offense has to happen when it comes to quarterback before the draft. It's got to happen in free agency. For me, it's it's returning Jameis Winston, again, as long as the recovery goes well or whatever it is that they decide to do at quarterback. To me, it has to happen before the draft. And then once you have that question solved, then you're able to make the decisions that you need to make in order to bolster the talent on the offense around that quarterback wide receiver, offensive line in the first round or the first two rounds makes a ton of sense. Even going defensive interior in the first two round makes sense to me, but I like defensive interior. The fact that this offensive line draft is so deep might mean that you can wait until round four to get a guy like Max Mitchell or Kevin Deist and you know these other players that are out there that would be extremely versatile, extremely uh, that would operate extremely well with their, with their athleticism in the New Orleans Saints offense. So I think because of that, you don't have to rush into an offensive lineman. Uh, you might want to rush into a defensive lineman if the right guy is on the board at 18, right? Uh, interior defensive lineman in particular. You should rush into a wide receiver as quickly as you can, right? 18, 49, I don't care. But, you know, wherever in those first couple of rounds, I think you, you have to go wide receiver. But quarterback, I don't, I don't see the rush. I don't see the rush in terms of a drafted quarterback in this class. You've got Aaron Rodgers putting out really cryptic statements on Instagram, 
talking about farewell, but also hello and all these other weird things. You've got Russell Wilson potentially on the move. You've got a prime candidate in Jameis Winston sitting there. He's technically still on the roster for the New Orleans Saints, but will soon be off of the roster after the new league year begins. And the Saints should be in no hurry to resign him, right? He's got to go through recovery. He's got to go through rehabilitation, all that. But hopefully you can get that done before the draft, right? There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of different ways that the Saints can go. And of course, we'll talk about every possibility, right? You can't rely on one thing being true. As much as I want them to re-sign Jameis Winston, that might not happen, right? They might go to have to go to Teddy Bridgewater or, or another quarterback, right? Or they might have to look at the trade market. They might have to you know, pursue a guy like Tyler Huntley, who I still think would be great if the Saints would be able to, you know, nab him. I think you'd have to do it in a trade. He's an exclusive rights free agent out of Baltimore. But regardless, right, you, you can, you, we have to look at every single possibility here on the show to make sure that A, you're up to date with all the different possibilities that are out there. But because the NFL is unpredictable, you never know what's going to happen. And you can't ever be convinced that something is going to happen until it actually happens. Sean Payton, great example. So the way that I look at it, I wouldn't be rushing into a first round draft pick for a quarterback if I were the New Orleans Saints. Um, obviously, I get paid a lot less than those guys. They are a lot smarter than I am. They are the ones that make the decision. So it's up to them. But if it was me making the decision, I wouldn't be rushing into a first round quarterback in this one. I would instead be focusing on what I can bring in as a proven veteran talent and then build around that in the draft. That's the way that I would go about it. But let me know. What do you think? Should the Saints go for a quarterback in the first round? Let me know. Uh, if not, what should they do? We can talk all about it. We'll be talking all about it, tracking it all, all of course, here on the Locked On Saints podcast. Thanks as always, making us your first listen of the day every day. Coming up tomorrow, let's talk a little bit more about the defensive coordinator spot for the Saints, what it could mean for the development of players, because this is something we didn't really get to dig into today, right? We have seen Ryan Nielsen, we've seen Chris, uh, Chris Richard develop players. It's good news that they stick around, period, whatever their title is for this defense. Let's talk about why. We'll talk about that in tomorrow's episode as well as break down more of what's going on around your New Orleans Saints. And don't forget for your second listen today to go and check out Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker, former NFL and AFL player over at the Locked On NFL Draft uh, podcast. Get all the news that you need on upcoming prospects, NFL draft, mock drafts, everything that you're looking for over at the Locked On NFL Draft podcast available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And of course, for everything you need around your New Orleans Saints, in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll let you.